Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bench with Carter Eckle. This is episode 90. I am your host, Carter E., joined as always by my producer, Jeff Mulva Hill Jr. To my left, we are once again joined by news editor Duke Rittenhouse to talk some more fall sports. Uh, if you missed last week's episode, it's a good one. We talked all about what you can expect from Carson Douglas. We may even touch on that a little bit more here at the end after seeing their football scrimmages. But today we've got kind of the breakdown of what the rest of the fall sports scene is going to look like. Um, but of course, before we get into that, we would like to thank today's main sponsor. That is Played Again Sports, your best place to go for new and gently used sporting equipment needs. You can check them out in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center or online at www.playedagainsports.com. All right, Duke, welcome back to the show. Becoming a frequent guest, contributing guest here. We might have to get you a new title as well at, at, at this rate. Um, you know, what, What? Uh, I guess first, how are you doing and what are you kind of looking at for the rest of the, the fall sports scene here? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, podcast guru, something. I don't know. <laughs> get new business cards made or something. But, you know, I think it's interesting. We, we, um, we want to, to have balance in our coverage, everything we do in the podcast included. And, you know, football sucks a lot of oxygen out of the room. We, we gravitate towards it. It's very visual. We, you know, all the things that everyone knows. And uh, it's interesting to realize that, especially for the fall, uh, to me, one of the interesting things it's it's the NIAA's busy season. There's nine there's nine fall sports available to to uh, students in the in, in NIAA schools. Nine. I mean, that's you know it goes down to about four in winter, and one of those is skiing, which anyone south of I mean, you know what, south of Genoa is not going to do. So. We're in our busy season, essentially. We come off the summer, we hit the busy season, and we've got all these sports we want to talk about today. It always strikes me every year. It was it, Like July 4th every year, I'm like, oh, it's never going to get here. I kind of miss sports. And then today hits, you know, or like last, you know, when we were at the scrimmages, and it's like, oh, it's here. Yeah. So all of a sudden, we really need, you know, we need to be experts on all this. But um, I'll, I'll leave you with this. I'll throw it back at you, Carter, with, with something that, that strikes me as interesting. Uh, we've been over this on these podcasts uh, at the 5A level. You know, we had two team state championships all of last academic year. Uh, we cover those schools. One was Carson. One was Douglas. That's pretty interesting to me. And one of them was a fall sport, girls' mm-hmm. cost country. So I'm going to throw it back to you with how impressive is that? To you and and uh, what are you looking for there? Yeah, that uh, Carson girls cross country team uh, a very impressive. Again, something we've talked about several times on the podcast already. But to have to do it with the group they did it with, um, being you know almost entirely underclassmen, uh, was pretty dang impressive. And given that they did it with a group of entirely underclassmen, I think that only sets the. Uh, expectations for this season um and you know i I know they'd know that they don't need me to tell them that if they're if they're listening but uh i can only imagine what that off-season uh workout regimen was like knowing that uh you got a state title to defend and uh knowing that it's not so much like track and field for cross country it's your top six and you know the rest the rest matters but at the same time for scoring purposes they they won't won't count towards uh towards that final tally of course you know we're still still a little bit away from uh that kicking off i know douglas's uh class races for cross country are friday the 25th i looked like online that did get bumped a week i'm not sure when that happened but i can confirm it's friday august 25th there but yeah duke you know the i feel like it almost kind of goes without saying to say how what you can expect from from that team this season given given the way they were able to uh look so impressive last year 
Yeah, it's a nice setup, isn't it? When you've got uh, when you've got everyone, your scoring runners are all underclassmen and fairly young. I mean, we're talking a couple of them are freshmen, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. It's just a it's a beautiful setup. I mean, nothing's going to be handed to them, but um, certainly you've got now the experience of winning a state title, which you know we know we can do this. That should help with any anxiety or nervousness. And you've you've got the uh, uh, you know we didn't lose four seniors or whatever. It's just it should be. It, I know we're going to keep an eye on it. Um, it should be really interesting. And, you know, it's it's one of those sports where there's only a few opportunities. And then the next thing you know, it's it's time for a region and state. They they have, uh, you know, a certain get in shape early type mindset. That's that's kind of interesting, too, because, you know, it, it, it comes at you quickly and, and you want to be ready for that. So, um, you know, just looking at uh, using that as a as a segue. What another thing that's interesting is we we just mentioned nine sports. I had to print it out because I, I did. I don't have all the alignments memorized. But what's interesting to me is that most of them are what we would probably call standard, right? I mean, there's 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 nine big schools up here. If you want to think of it that way, there's a standard nine, and a lot of our alignments for these sports are those nine schools. Not everyone. That would be you know the Carson and Douglas are in there, and that's you know when I when I talk about them being five A schools. But so that would be uh, you know your big nine. Ha, huh? we could have. <laughs> We could make that a thing. Big nine uh, is Bishop Minogue, Carson, Damani Ranch, Douglas, Galena, um, McQueen, Reed, Reno, Spanish Springs. So those are nine we're all used to seeing. As I go through these alignments, uh, throwing this out as an example, you know, cross country, 5A. That, okay, move on. You know, there's nothing new there. A couple of them, though, are those nine schools at the 4A level. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, so it is uh, for, for those of you out there who have a certain age group, uh, myself included, it, there's going to be an era where you're going to have to define where you won your state titles, like Douglas Girls Golf. You know, you're going to have to say, yes, we were state champions. It was 3A. And I think people will get used to that eventually. 20 years from now, if you say you won a state title or region title, you might have to kind of define that. Whereas 20 years you know, previously, all these schools were big schools and everyone knew. So I don't know. I just think it's kind of interesting. I wanted to throw that back at you. Did you have any realignment thoughts? I mean, there's nine sports here. We've we've covered football, so let's call it eight sports. Did you have any? Does what jumps out of you? Well, if we are going to call it the the big nine, I hope Apple TV doesn't come in and try to uh, entice any of these schools away to the SEC or anything like that. Sorry, uh, that's a that's a poor college football realignment <laughs> joke for anybody who picked up on that. Um, yeah, I was going to say, we can't can't go too far without touching on Douglas High Girls Golf with back-to-back uh, state titles at the 3A level. They obviously move up now coming into to this fall. You know, it's something Jeff and I had talked about before. I'm not sure in 20 years you are going to have to define where you won your state title. Maybe, you know, initially, but I think after a certain point, people stop caring. I think it's you won a state title or, you know, you didn't. I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, it's very confusing. Exactly. And with the amount of bouncing around, I mean, for instance, Douglas Girls Golf was down at 3A for two years. Douglas Boys Soccer, while didn't win a state title, just for two years. Like These these have been quick stints. And granted, this realignment thing is on the newer side. But, um, you know, maybe. I mean, maybe if, if this realignment thing plays out to where you got teams just bouncing back and forth, maybe that is, is something that sticks around. Um, so, you know, I guess I hadn't, hadn't considered it that way, but we'll see. I mean, it's going to be a fascinating look at some of these new, uh, landscapes and I'm sure I will accidentally tweet out the wrong classification at some point or the other saying something is class 4A when it's 5A and so on and so forth. Let me ask both of you guys, the, the oddest one by far 
Uh, the oddest one is the boys' soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at the 5A level for the North, it's a 13-team lineup. I mean, it's just it, – the, the soccer was the first to kind of really embrace the idea of, you know, let's get rid of the rigid assignments. Let's have more – Flexibility. Soccer, I think, has been doing this longer than anyone. So, you know, they look at this and they go, no big deal. I look at this and I go, wow, that's 13 teams. That's bigger than the Southern League. It's huge. Would you, I mean, I'm not sure what to think. What do you guys think? Jeff, you want to take, take on this one? I find it interesting that, you know, we're talking about big schools here. And this whole realignment thing was based on competition. And you take the, you know, there's 13 schools, and we just talked about the big nine. Well, who are the other ones? And how how do they compete? Well, it, it, it comes down to who's on the team, who, who attends those schools in those areas. So I'm curious to see, because they moved girls' soccer down to 4A, and again, it, it's based on competition. So... It's not that whole get better mentality that we've had before. It's okay, we'll, we'll adjust it so you have somebody to play against. I don't know the girls' teams from the South in 5A uh, because State hasn't been up here in a while that I can remember seeing. And, and you know, we, we'd see one or two teams. But there's a lot of state champions on that route, on that group of 13 that you just mentioned on the boys' side. So uh, it, it's a really interesting dynamic because everybody thinks of the big city being. You know, soccer should be better in the big city because there's more people. There's more talent pool. Clearly, that's not the case. Yeah, and soccer might be the one exception to the the rule of the big nine, given that the – I don't mean to pick on Hug, for instance, but, like, Hug has typically had a very good uh, boys' soccer team, even if they've struggled in in other athletic fields. So that's where you can kind of see some of those other teams jump up. But, yeah, to have have an extra four sitting in there – I guess we'll see. I mean, somebody's going to end up at the at the bottom, right? That's why yeah. it, it has to happen eventually. They all and play each other. It's very, very competitive, mm-hmm. and, and and you know, and and they're already talking about those games. And not to to single out Carson, I know the most because I know the two coaches, and they were on the podcast last year. But they played the top four in the first ten days. They had they. I think they played North Valley's Hug and Spanish Springs in the first ten days of their season, which is coming up this coming week Mm -hmm. so that that's a that's a that's a brutal start that can go a number of ways right we've all seen that with other sports that can be hey that made us better or that can be right we're kind of psychologically down right now you know so that's there's an interesting storyline to watch pedro's expecting them to be up you know you you face you face the toughest of the tough let's go yeah and you know just real quickly kind of running through uh what some of those regional soccer fans can see around here uh if i start with douglas girls soccer of course the return of Aaliyah weaver who will be a senior this year she had 17 goals and eight assists last season so uh, a big piece coming back there for uh the tigers of course there are a couple other um players as well i know they've always been pretty stocked through the midfield and on on the defensive side um they will lose uh sierra mcpherson who had four goals 10 assists candy miller who you know obviously missed a good chunk of last season after tearing her acl but another another big piece for them kylie lash on the defensive side will be will be a big loss there for for them as well um over on the carson girls side they were coming off their first playoff appearance in a few years uh i can't remember exactly the 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 number of years it had been, but I know that was that was the goal all of last season, and they're gonna they're gonna be feeling it a little bit with with the loss of some of those seniors, especially with you know the likes of excuse me Alyssa Tamita, Gracie Walt. Um, there's 
certainly a couple others too. Danny Estrada, they got some some shoes to fill for for lack of a better term. There, you know, Jeff, from your your early season experience here with what you've seen, I mean, what do you what do you think you're kind of expecting from uh, that Carson Girls soccer team? A lot of what you just said. They lost eight seniors, six of which started. Yeah, um, and they've also lost their starting center back with Elena. So uh, their their defense, the returner. Uh, is Michaela Rabadou and she's a sophomore. So uh, they're they're they'll shore up the back. Uh, you know, it just they're gonna have they're gonna have a young team. There's no there's no way around it. Um, you know, some sophomores coming up, filling in filling in some gaps, and uh, but they'll they'll adapt, they'll, they'll adjust and get get on track. Uh, but I mean, you you can't lose eight seniors and not feel something. Uh, I don't know anybody in Northern Nevada that's that deep on in, in any program. So, no, that's more of a, a Bishop Gorman sort of sort yeah. of deal. Where hey, we we did lose all these three star <laughs> recruits, but we we got a lot more coming up. You know, speaking of the the boys soccer teams, while while we uh, are talking about it, you know, like you said, that Carson boys soccer team is expecting to be more up this year. I know first year of a new coaching staff, they had some had some speed bumps there, but. Uh, over on the the Douglas boys side, that's where I think I'm I'm the most interested to see what they do. Given they are now back up in in four A and uh, join that five A five A. Excuse me again. I'm I'm even learning too here, but jump back into that that massive division now, uh, and I'm I'm I am really curious to see how that shakes out because um, as as we've said, we have not seen anything where there's a a northern league of of thirteen teams. It just it just doesn't happen. Another interesting one to me, guys, is you look at you look at golf and tennis. Let's say take them collectively, and I think this is a, a case to me where realignment I think does what it's supposed to do. In my opinion, you look at the utter dominance at the five A level for the Southern schools, and and you know everyone essentially just punted, and that's fine to me because I think you need to find a competitive level. But I'm looking at tennis right now. And our setup is the big nine, but at the four A level. I mean, it's just no brainer. You look at your five A, and it just says Southern League. You know, and it, it, go back. It, I mean, anyone go back. Look at the final scores in golf and tennis. Um, the on the team side, the 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 golfers in in the Vegas area are shooting low seventies, high sixties, and and the team score they're winning by a hundred strokes. Yeah. And on the tennis side, your final match. You know, like we've had Reno High girls up here have been great, and more power to them. I think they are great, and they do the best they can. They go down there, and you look at the final team. Lots of bagels. Seventeen to one. Yeah. You know for. And, you know, Coronado or, or whoever they lose to, it's just it's this outdoors, year-round, much larger metropolitan area. And there, it comes a point where you go, this isn't going to change. Yeah. Um, or if it ever does change, it'll be like the most miracle team ever. And, you know, that's what? Once every 20 years? Yeah. So to me, I look at this and I go, good. This is what realignment's supposed to do. And and so I, I'm all for it. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, I think, I mean, that has to be the, the goal at this point. I think the state of Nevada is is such a unique situation given the, the geography and the landscape that really this is, this is the solution that has been needed, I think, for a while. Again, if you want to sit there and say, we want our one state title every 20 years, well, that's only going to work for one North team. I mean, there's going to be, that's going to mean you got schools that are going, I mean, I hate to get too hypothetical here, but like centuries without even sniffing a state title. And that's just not healthy, I don't think. No, it's, it's generation after generation of high school kids with no realistic chance to achieve that or to, in some cases, to even 
you know, come near. And I, I don't I don't think that's why the NIAA is in business. I don't think that's why we're here. I don't think, you know, I, I, I don't agree with every decision, but I, I generally am liking what I'm seeing from this. Yeah. And, I, I you know, I had some conversations on the sideline um, at football this this past Friday and uh, getting your butt kicked over and over again is is not good for participation. I just I mean, ask any high school kid about, you know, do you want to go out there and lose? all the time their answer is gonna be no they're just would rather go hang with their friends i mean high school's short enough we all we all remember we all know it feels like it was yesterday and the next thing you know you're pushing 30 um that's just me sorry um, it is just you. It is. <laughs> 30 was a long time ago yeah yeah but the i guess the overall point still stands uh, i would like to to dive into volleyball real quickly while we uh are here too because i know that's when we we haven't touched on it's going to be another Another fun landscape. I mean, that Carson volleyball team was was good last year and vastly improved. They bring back a whole host of that roster from last season, with uh, the biggest loss being Riley Kolsch at setter. So they will have to have to make some adjustments there. But uh, Brittany Witter returns as head coach um, as well, and obviously coming off a coach of the year, uh, I almost said nomination, but a coach of the year award last year. That uh, Senator volleyball team could be could be really fun to watch this fall. Uh, that's not to say anything about Douglas, who will be you know filling a few more holes with the loss of Addie Dor, Hannah Rothschild, Sophia Colby, Emerson Duthloth, a few more seniors, a few more starters, everyday everyday players. Uh, Duke, I am curious though, what is that? Has that that volleyball landscape changed at all? Uh, no, I mean in terms of how they're going to do things, uh, it's our. It's our not big nine schools up at the 5A level, which, again, you know, I, I think if we were to look at the titles is, you know, maybe a little sketchy. Uh, the one interesting thing is it's a huge southern region. Um, they've so many schools real quick, three, six, seven, ten, looks like 13, that they've divided it into two. You know, it, it's just a, a case of a lot of a lot of uh, teams out there. So. As you've touched on, though, one thing about the alignment, realignment to remember is that they're, they're committed to doing this every two years. So if we have, and I'm just throwing this out there, total hypothetical, but if we have two years of a lot of Southern domination, um, when they get together, uh, what would that be? It would be 2025 to start discussing this. We could see some changes. Another thing I like about the realignment is it's not permanent. Um, we've taught, we've all mentioned this, the, the what if of Douglas or Carson football winning Okay, well, congratulations and all that. Now you're moving up a division. Yeah. And I think that's fair. I think that, you know, and, and again, we've touched on it. And um, I think it's a, the whole thing to me is kind of interesting. And the, uh, not to, you know, reiterate the same point too much here, but I do think participation-wise, if that were to happen, or whichever school comes out and wins that 5A Div 3 and gets bumped up, I have to imagine interest is going to at least grow. Uh, I'm not sitting here saying that the football program is going to, you know, add 30 percent or whatever of of new new faces and and new bodies but i would think that showing that that sign of success given that these six teams really haven't seen it um a whole lot recently will will do a lot do a lot for turnout there uh, i think that kind of covers the the rest of the fall sport um landscape i would really quickly like to uh touch on a story that is out online now at the Nevada Appeal and recordcareer.com. Uh, Douglas High grad and girl, former girls or former Douglas High girls soccer player uh, Bailey Rozier now at Nevada with the Wolfpack women's soccer team. She's been up there for about two weeks, uh, spent last season with uh, Team CC and helped lead them to their first 
uh, regional tournament appearance in school history. She was also a second team all conference player last season. And after one year has made the jump from JUCO to Division One, which is uh, not common, uh, is I think the, the best way I can put that. Um, she is battling for a starting spot now. Uh, this will be a new, a new, a whole new uh, experience for her, given she's kind of been the the best around um, as you know as far as she's grown up, grown up, and now now it's going to be uh, a little bit more competitive. Uh, so definitely a, a story to continue following. There, I thought it was uh, was a good story and uh, nice to catch up with Bailey as well. So that'll be in uh, Wednesday's newspaper, and that is also online at www.nevadapeel.com backslash news backslash sports. Duke, I think we still got a few minutes to maybe touch on some of these football scrimmages that we uh, got a chance to check out. I know. Uh, we had a whole host of media, uncredentialed media, <clears throat> uh, at Douglas and Galena. Uh, <laughs> no issues yet. Um, whole separate podcast. Yeah, there. whole separate podcast. I don't. I don't even need we'll to. We'll probably get banned for that podcast. Nah. Nope. Nope. I. It's all good. We can. We can move on. Uh, Douglas Galena. Saw some highlights for sure. I wasn't there as long as you were, so I'd definitely like to get your take first of what you saw from both teams. And to be honest, both teams that might be kind of in the more favorite side of things to end up winning that 5A North Division Three. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, informally, I, I heard uh, both coaches say, and, and not a surprise, but, you know, kind of informally, like, you know, we were pretty careful not to show everything. And, and of course you're not. You know, yeah. that's, that's going to be great. So what they did show... Um, I was impressed. I, 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 the first thing that struck me is Douglas has good size. Um, not bad at all. They were, uh, Galena had a couple players out, mm-hmm. which, you know, uh, that's a rabbit hole. Everyone's got players out, but they did. Um, it happened to be a couple of their bigger guys. So that might have, you know, visually at least helped. But uh, I, the Douglas was the bigger team, um, and I was impressed. And, you know, uh, uh they're big at the receiver spot in a couple mm-hmm. places, and that up here in northern Nevada, that can be something to look into. You know, uh, getting the ball to a bigger receiver, you know, not every school can do that. Um, so I was impressed. Uh, it was it was fun just to watch. You know, the coaches agreed on X number of plays, and, and they were flexible, and everyone got some work in. There weren't too many head-shaking moments. Uh, Galena had, I believe, a fumble recovery on, on the positive side, and... Uh, they also threw an interception on the negative side. I think each team can be, you know, hey, we definitely had a legit turnover. I mean, we're, we were going full speed. We got a turnover. That's great. Galena, for those interested, I think is going to be uh, you know, competing for the top three. They looked good. There's some new faces. Uh, the quarterback is uh, Colson Cremode, who is a good athlete. And um, there's some, there's some. I think defense carried them. Not carried. The, the offense wasn't terrible, but defense was strong last year. I believe that's the case again this year. Uh, again, to hit the old cliche machine, a defense can keep you in games as you get your offense up to speed. That might be helpful for the Grizzlies. Um, I was impressed. It, it was, it was fun. It was good to see some football. Um, Douglas was. I, I give them credit. I thought they were aggressive. I thought they wanted to win every play. 
Um, and, you know, only the coaches will know at this point. They're the ones grading the film, and they're the ones who are going to have the final opinion. Uh, just from my perspective, I was I was impressed. Uh, you know, it's funny you talk about their their wide receivers. Having talked to uh, Douglas head coach Kyle Mays for the preview, season preview, which will also be in Wednesday's Record Courier, uh, he was talking about Trace Estes's hands out at wide receiver. He said it's like he's out there with foam fingers on his hands because his hands are so big. Uh, and that's not even to include the fact that they have Kyle Kuntz, uh, kind of a tight end wide receiver as well, up in the, you know, sorry Kyle if I'm shorting you here, but you know in the six six range, you know we'll see if we'll see if they they venture within the Cole Smalley onto the offensive side of things, I, you know defensively, we've already seen it. Don't don't run at Cole Smalley. It was the, it was the name of the name of the feature story last year, um, and that is absolutely the case. Uh, I did end up making it up to Carson for their scrimmage. It was honestly more of like a jamboree than it was a scrimmage with the the rotating teams. The old Pop Warner days? Yeah, yeah. You know, Reno, Reno Sparks and Fallon were all there, and every team played each other for roughly 20 minutes. It was a very different setup from Douglas Galena, which was interesting. Douglas Galena, both quarterbacks had, you know, the orange pennies on, don't, don't touch our quarterback. That was not the case at oh, no. <laughs> the, the Carson scrimmage. Everybody was fair game. Um, in fact, they even did the last round without referees. I mean, they had coaches ref, but the, the referees ended up dipping after <laughs> after two of the first three rounds. And so uh, I was curious curious if it was going to get any more physical. But, uh, oh, I mean, overall, just a, a pretty physical game. Carson really showcased what some of that running game is going to do. I know they've, from talking to uh, Ryan Beauchard for their season preview, they have a lot of different backs they intend on using this year. Uh, they still have a QB competition between Kincaid Gill and Drake Hardcastle. Uh, it was pretty much exclusively Kincaid Gill at QB for the scrimmage. Man, that kid runs around with his hair on fire, and yeah. he's tougher than nails. <laughs> I was I was impressed. Even if they, you know, I mean, it's a scrimmage, right? You're going to show, show your flaws, even if they weren't necessarily moving the ball at the most impressive pace all the time. Uh, it was it was impressive to watch just a fearless, uh, you know, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, kid at quarterback. As I think Bo Shart said, he's 160 pounds soaking wet. Like, just run around with... You know, just I'm gonna win this game, and it was a scrimmage, and uh, you know that was that was cool to see, and of course we will get some official results this this weekend. Douglas will go down to Argonaut for a Friday game at 7 p.m. I'm not sure. I maybe I just never put the dates together. That Carson Sutter game is Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I must have just glossed over that one there. And a uh, Saturday night. Saturday too. night. So they correct. still want to play under the lights. So mm-hmm. that's an interesting trip. Yeah, yeah. So, but we have our first week of official action coming up. Um, you know, that should be should be pretty interesting. Anything else anybody wants to touch on before we get out of here? Let's do a deep dive into this credential thing right now. <laughs> totally kidding. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you know. Nobody is interested no, in hearing that. That's, no, I, I agree with that. Only <laughs> only we care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yep. That's that's gonna do it for. We could just boycott. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, that's going to do it for episode 90 of uh, Behind the Bench. Thanks again to today's sponsor and Played Against Sports, your best place to go for new and gently used sporting equipment needs. You can check them out in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center or online at www.playedagainstsports.com. Also, be sure to check out our websites, nevadapeel.com backslash news backslash sports recordcourier.com backslash news backslash sports. We will catch you guys next week. Take it easy.